0: The Baseball Three Sixty Five Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode one forty three of the Baseball Three Sixty Five Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend with us. Give us a follow on what I'm just gonna call Twitter X now. I I, I don't know. It's Twitter. It's X. Whatever you want to call it, Twitter X. The podcast Twitter is at Baseball Three Sixty Five Pod. I'm Justin Hughes 365, and Andrew is at AMCQ82. On this episode, we're going to talk Dynasty League trading. This has been one of my favorite episodes we've done over the years, as I love to break down trades and just talk about trades that have been submitted from members from the group and just trading strategies with Andrew, who is one of the best that I know at trading. So let's get Andrew on. It's August where the trade deadline's coming up some people's have already passed but like this is the point where it's we're right there at the end of the window before it's the stretch run uh what advice would you give to teams to start off who are in the race and wanting to add pieces to either get in the money or win a championship
1: i think just attack the category you know pretty self-explanatory but attack the categories that you need help in that you can gain points in realistically and don't be too afraid to give up uh pieces for the future that would be i mean that i think that's the main the main thing
0: yeah that's what i like one of the things i was gonna kind of follow up with is that right there the giving up pieces of future are how I, i i This is a tough question to even ask because I do believe it can be situational. But like, would you be more aggressive if you thought it get got you into like winning the championship as compared to getting into the money? Like in terms of emptying out the farm and competitive win. uh, Like, when would you be more aggressive with like emptying out?
1: Yeah, I, def- I definitely would be more aggressive if I thought winning like first place was a possibility than just trying to finish third or cash, you know, whatever. So definitely would be more aggressive if first was in the range of outcomes. Uh, one thing I would keep in mind is, and this is like a tricky balance, but don't just assume that if you make a trade or a couple of trades, that that's going to automatically get you where you want to be. Like, for example, there's, there's a couple of leagues where I need pitching, um, specifically wins and ratios. Been a little tough for me in a couple dynasty leagues. And I don't think it's like a lock no matter who I trade for. That that player is going to help me in those categories, like for example, R.M. Two uh, a couple weeks ago, two to three weeks ago, I traded for Dylan Cease. Yeah, and he hasn't done. He hasn't helped me really at all. You know. Now, granted, it's only been a few starts. There's still time, and you know, maybe he wasn't the perfect add. But what I'm saying, and maybe he was too. You know, it's just it's hard to say. But I guess in that short of a window, like the next six, it's basically six, seven weeks. I think that any of these guys can go kind of any direction, you know, like we don't really know who's going to be the best pitcher in baseball from today till the end of the season.
0: That's really good advice. Um, Good, good thing to point out because small samples, especially with pitching, I mean, hitting even is it can, it can swing too. somebody has a hot month, a cold month, but pitching, I mean, from now till the end of the year, you're talking, like, I think we're really close to the 40-game mark left in the season, so that's eight starts right there. Right, And right. a quarter of a season, and, yeah, things can just swing. And Two bad starts in there out of the eight, and all of a sudden you, it's really hard to have yourself a really strong, like, ERA, possibly whip.
1: Right. Yeah. It's a, If you know they're you know, if it was a lock that they were going to help you no matter what, then that's one thing. But yeah, it's just, it's kind of tough to figure all that out. It's a, it's a balance between, you know, you want to push, but knowing exactly what to acquire and all that it's, it's tough. It can be.
0: No, I don't know if you even know what this means because um, you're rarely, I, I don't know if I've seen you in this position, <laughs> but I guess like, what advice would you give to sellers to the teams that are at the bottom of the standings who don't have a much of a chance at competing next year either, but maybe they got a couple
1: pieces that they can move. Um, I would try and get off of any older player with value that, you know, I think that you, I mean, not competing next year either is kind of tough because then you're looking beyond that, which is, That's, that's complicated. It's, it's hard for me to be in that headspace. But um, if you're thinking about next year and beyond, even, even beyond just not even next year, any older player that has value, uh, I would load up as much as I could on younger guys. And even if you have to cut an older player, that's halfway decent stuff like that retooling is something that, I mean, there's, there's so many different variations of selling. Cause it's, it's like, are you just out of it for this year? Do you feel like you have a realistic shot next year? Uh, what, what happened? Like, why are you out of it? There's so many things. So yeah. it's, are you on the way up layered, or are you on the way down? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's layered question type of thing. You know, it's, it kind of depends on a lot of factors, but like in one league, or in one of my dynasties, I I felt like I wasn't going to win this season. So I moved ju- – well, I moved Clayton Kershaw before that, but I moved Justin Turner when he was hitting – and he's been – Justin Turner's had a good season. Yep. Um, but I just kind of knew him like, you know, he he – God, he could retire, you know, or I mean I'm not necessarily expecting that, but it's kind of like one of those where – this is the most I'm going to get for Justin Turner. I'm not going to win. I'm just going to trade him for whatever I can get. And granted, it wasn't a lot, but just little things like that, I don't think you really want to hold on to those pieces when you're uh, not like potentially winning the championship. The hard thing is, though, is sometimes the teams that can win the championship don't need Justin Turner All or don't, or don't need that player because they have better players – in those spot, like corner infield slots. I mean, ideally somebody has an injury and maybe you can help them out that way. But yeah, I would, if I'm near the bottom or selling, I would just definitely be looking at the teams at the top, like what they need. I'm always kind of looking at the standings, like where are the deficiencies. like this team needs saves. They're in the running. I don't need saves cause I'm out of it or I don't care about the saves as much because I'm out of it vice versa. Um, This game, this guy may not value this prospect because he's in first as much as somebody that is in 10th would, you know, just all kinds of things like that, that I'm usually thinking about. It depends on where you're at in the standings, where you feel like you'll be next year. Just kind of have to be realistic with it all.
0: And honestly, I think something that I just triggered something there as you were talking about closures, because I've had, I in arm two I took over an orphan team coming back into the league and I gutted it at the beginning it like I gutted every like I drafted young I gutted every veteran I took and really loaded up with youth because I just I knew my window wasn't anywhere close and I'm happy with the rebuild and everything's going but you were talking about you traded Justin Turner but you traded Justin Turner like three or four weeks ago and you traded Clayton Kershaw two months ago and i think that is a piece of advice i would give because uh, like the at the beginning of this one of the things i wanted to stress is as a seller you in my opinion should be the one who has the control in these deals the people that are trying to win especially right now they're looking to add pieces because they're chasing a championship so they need to make p- make moves now as compared to if you're selling you're the one holding the assets. And I just, I, I'm a firm believer in being patient, but also making sure you get the best deal you possibly can. And sometimes it doesn't, even, it even involves not making the deal. Unless it's a Justin yeah. Turner situation where, yeah, that, that one, you're talking about a 38 year old guy who also next year looks like he's probably only going to be first base eligible as compared to right now where he's first, second, and third. May not be with. I mean, I think I don't. No guarantee. And, I
1: think first and third, just first and third. But either way,
0: no, he's first. Right now, he's yeah, got nine. Yeah, yeah,
1: not not second. I'm saying he right, said first. Right second, now, he's third. first,
0: second, and third. Is he really? Yeah, he's gotten ten games at second base. I oh I, my
1: gosh, I didn't even realize that. My fault.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have him in in a daily league, so I that's oh, why okay. I'm certain of that.
1: Wow, yeah, I yeah, didn't realize that.
0: About a month and a half ago, they started putting him in there some. And I knew
1: they did a little bit. I just didn't realize he had it. Wow, that's
0: cool. It's been pretty handy for me. but um, yeah. yeah. You have the power with that, um, but you want to try to be doing this early. Like what you were saying about the closures, I, I did that early in the year with Will Smith, and I've done that all throughout this year as I've picked up guys that have fallen into closer gigs as I'm watching the standings, but you also want to be trying to get that early. Because A, you never know when a closer is going to lose his job, and B, the earlier you get the deal to somebody, the more they have to gain too. Right. As compared to, like you were saying, there's no locks at this time. So, try not to get to the deadline would be one of my things. I would say.
1: Yeah, so, I think if you're, I think if you're in that, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I no, think I'm stopping. I think when you're in that space where you know you aren't winning or you aren't cashing, you know, what some people have different, like they're just wanting to catch or hoping to cash, whatever, that's fine, but not winning or not cashing. If you're kind of in that, in that area, you like, if you've made that call realized it, whatever I wouldn't like closers just got to go like they got to go um, other than the elite ones, because if you're confident that the elite, you know, if you have an elite closer on your team, and you feel confident they're going to be the closer next year. I think it's okay to hold them, but I would be pretty selective with. Like, I wouldn't just talk myself into it because that guy's on my roster. You know, like there's a lot of closer turnover year to year. Um, I mean, that it's pretty obvious, and there is a short list of closers that I would be like, well that's fine. I can just hang on to him because he's going to be the closer next year and feel really good about it. That list is not long.
0: I want to ask you a question that, um, this is from RM two that I had never brought up to you before, but, uh, I have Jordan Hicks who right now is closing. And when I talked about the, when, uh, two or three weeks ago, he was the closer for the Cardinals, but it was also, was like, well, this guy could get traded at any point and be a setup man, which Jordan Romano is on a, on a rehab i think he was rehabbing on friday night uh in triple a or so. i don't, i'm not certain if it was triple a but he's close so jordan hicks is about to be a setup guy and then, and i was asked if i wanted to sell him for cheap just to give to somebody because for like as they worded it like a a short term closer like a two week thing and i could tell the way it was worded and everything i'm thinking i'm probably getting like a fourth to sixth round pick and I decided I wasn't really interested in that. And the reason being, I'm like, I don't know if that fourth sixth round pick is going to do anything for me. And I'd rather just hold on to him just on the off chance that he signs with random team this off season gets the closer gig. And then he might be able to get me like a, maybe a second round pick next year.
1: Yeah. Does that make logical sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fine. I think there's, actually some guys like that where it's probably worth just holding yep um i have i have brian abreu in one league where i've kind of been mm-hmm. thinking that thinking that thinking that way too you know like i'll see what happens this offseason i mean he's obviously an elite reliever or has been this season and who knows you know but so if,
0: if, if your offers are weak enough, sometimes, like I was saying, it's not a bad idea just to hold, but if you can get yourself a second round pick right now for most of these closers that are, I say second, you know, it could be, a, a, or in a package to get something that's great. Just make sure you're getting a decent return on that because i back.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay. Um, are there any assets you value higher or lower at this time of year? Uh, what assets do you feel could be valued higher or um, that are higher valued, higher or lower by other owners? Typically.
1: Um, I think the one that is the most obvious is pitchers that are pitching well right now. And, you know, if, if, if they're healthy and they're pitching well right now, they're coveted by any team that's in contention, essentially. Because um, you just you can't have too much pitching, stuff like that. I, I always think like that because, you know, you have certain guys that you feel good about in the future or you like them coming into the season. Maybe they've had a little bit of a down year or they're hurt. Like I think of Shane Bieber, obviously he doesn't really have any trade value in the sense of I'm going for the championship now, you know, but obviously he still has value, but those guys that are pitching well right now, I think they get a pretty good bump um, in like the few weeks before the deadline and closers too. I mean, that's closers. Definitely. I mean, if, if you're short of closer but but that's the that's the game. It's like sometimes say contending team needs a closer and rebuilding team has somebody and they're just trying to get rid of them, you know, because they don't think they're gonna get saved for very long. So it it kind of just um depends what you want to spend and all that. I think it it varies a lot owner to owner too. Like you have to you can't just think like I just because I wouldn't do that, or just because he wouldn't do that, doesn't it doesn't mean that he won't do it. You know, everybody's different. It's one thing I definitely would preach. Like if I was just talking about this, which I guess I am. So,
0: <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> we're gonna yeah, th-
1: it's a big deal.
0: We're gonna talk about a bunch of trades, and you know, we've got a little bit of context. But to your point, I mean, different owners would do different things, and we're gonna like go over some examples of different things, and some of them. Maybe other are the things we do and some we, we wouldn't. but And that doesn't even mean we're right and they're wrong because we don't know the context and everything else. So that's a really good point. <clears throat> um, Yeah, pitching was what I was going to bring up and I was like the owner-to-owner thing. This, this is something that it does get valued higher by some owners just because this is the time of year where you really need pitching for a short term. But on that same note, sometimes you can buy pitching really cheap too because people are trying to sell pitchers, this is actually a really good time where you can catch great deals over the years because pit teams that are falling out of it, maybe they're trying to get out from under pitchers because you just never know when someone's arm's going to fall off. And sometimes veteran pitchers can be f- grabbed pretty cheap. And like, if you can get one below market value, even if you're not competing, sometimes that's not a bad deal to make depending on the price.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay. Uh, We have already gone 18 minutes just talking about strategy. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and start talking about some trades. Okay. I want to start off and say thank you to everybody that posted their trades to the group. I asked on the Baseball365 group to send some trade offers. We wanted to see some interesting ones. I loved looking at them all, and I picked five of the deals for us to discuss. I kept it at five because, well, I know we can get long-winded. I mean, heck, we just spent 18 minutes. I mean, counting the intro, maybe 16 minutes talking about just strategy at the very beginning. And I wanted to pick ones I thought would bring out the best conversations. If it was a terrible trade for one side or the other, or maybe it was made early in the season. I don't know if it would be as relevant today, so I didn't get those in there. But I found five that I thought would make for some fun conversations. And the first one was sent in by Rick Imers. I I need to ask Rick, reach out to him sometime and make sure I'm pronouncing his name right. Because I know I've read stuff from him his on this podcast before. Rick is the defending champ in a um, keep 25 major league and 25 minor league. I didn't actually get the, um, how many teams are in it? I'm just going to go on and assume 15 here because most dynasty leagues we talk with people, like that's the seems to be the most popular number. He's trying for two in a row. This is a head-to-head categories league too, I should add. And whenever he, he lost Beau Bichette, and he needed to get himself a shortstop, so he moved some prospects. He moved Anthony Solamento, uh Pirates prospect pitcher, Jason Dominguez, the Martian with the Yankees, and Jonathan Aranda, and he got C.J. Abrams back. So this is an interesting deal when one of these things happen, and like both. I mean, that happens like 10 days, base, 10, 12 days, 14 days before the trade deadline. And Abrams has been really good this year. Um, I want to start off. I actually want to talk about this one first, because as I was thinking about this, I, I know you and I both love Jason Dominguez. I think we're both higher on him than a lot. Like when I go out there and look at ranks in general, I think we like him more than most, like not by a lot, but I think we both have him a little higher. I know you're a big fan, but. You know, given the fact that he needed to get a shortstop, he's he's in a race, I I kinda get it getting Abrams and especially because the, like as I was reading this trade again and thinking about it today, I was like, you know, let's say he just needed Abrams for this stretch run and it helps him get into the money championship, whatever else. And maybe at at the end of the year, you know, once he's got a healthy Bo Bachet and the season's over maybe his his roster's full he might be able to turn around and trade cj abrams and get a pretty similar type deal back so i really hadn't thought about it i don't know if i think about it that way enough when i think of it with my teams that are competing about trading prospects and then just turning around and trade the guy that you're using as basically a a fill-in and trying to you know reload with that guy what do you think about that kind of logic and just this trade in general
1: yeah, I think it's I think it's sound logic um, as far as the trade. I yeah, I like Dominguez. I mean, we've me and you have talked about Dominguez quite a bit, um, but I like Abrams too. So I think the trade's fine, especially if you need a shortstop. Obviously, losing Bo, that sucks. So yeah, getting Abrams is nice, and I wouldn't. I like Salameto and aranda's whatever i'm not huge on him but they're not guys that are gonna like swing too much either way if you Mm. need a piece so it really to me it's like about dominguez and abrams and i do think dominguez could be a better fantasy player than abrams long term but i also think abrams could be better so um and abrams is obviously doing it right now so yeah, I think it's I think it's fine. I personally would have probably tried to fill that without trading Jason Dominguez, but it's not my team.
0: Yeah, and I kind of feel like Abrams is one of those guys that's being slept on a little bit. Like We've talked about him in our groups and stuff that he's doing well, but I, I have a feeling like when this offseason hits and people look at those end-of-season stats that he could start getting even buzzier. Like right now... Just looking at a steamer the rest of the year, if he just does what steamer projects, he's going to finish with 15 homers and 36 stolen bases. And I just, I don't know. I have a feeling that there are a lot of people that are going to wake up whenever they start looking at rankings and looking at, like, preparing for next year, and they're going to go, wait, this guy went 15-35, and his value is just going to keep going up this offseason. I I just feel like he's going to be one of those that, um jumps up from where he is right now
1: just by doing what he's doing he's been one of the best players in all of fantasy for like the last month month and a half so yeah i i could totally see it i've been trying to envision exactly where i think he's gonna go and i think it's gonna be fairly high it's still a bad team so that that could provide a little bit of a discount but um yeah steals and he's showing some pop so yeah abrams has definitely been good i i I wouldn't regret this too much. I, I just like Dominguez. I would have probably tried to find somebody else, like I said. But it's it's fine trade.
0: I hadn't even thought about this till now, but Abrams and Dominguez. You know, I had the first and third pick in the RM two twenty twenty sub first year player draft sub draft, and I with those two picks, I picked Abrams and Dominguez. So those are two two of my former sons. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to Ricky Yee. Anybody who's played in a league with him knows he's a big-time mover and shaker in leagues he plays in, if any of you guys are know Ricky that are listening. And he made a big trade in the Baseball 365 First Timers Dynasty League that I set up a few years back. For those that may not know I think I, or remember, I think I mentioned it on this podcast, but I made a, a league of 15 members, all from the group, and none of them had played in a dynasty league before. So I'm personally still thrilled to see that league still going on its third or fourth season now. I lost track. I want to say the first year they had, like we set this up right before the pandemic in 2020 was their first year. So this would be their fourth season if so. But I'm not certain on that. Anyways, it's a daily league with on-base percentage instead of batting average, 30 major league, 20 minor league. And this was a trade done in June. And I did want to mention that because... uh, you know, I, some parts have changed here um, since then in terms of value. Um, Ricky traded for Wander Franco, and he gave up the following. Sam Basalo, uh, I do want to mention it's a one-catcher league, but he's had a pretty good year. Uh, Jackson Trurio is the headliner. I should have just started with that. Haseung Kim, who has exploded. Like, he, start, he exploded basically right afterwards. Ricky Tiedemann and Jazz Chisholm. And that's he paid all that to get Wanda Franco. But I should, like, even before I go into that, like, a month ago, Churio, you know, that was right before the spider attack ball. Tiedemann's out. Kim blows up. And Jazz, I think, was hurt. And Jazz, unfortunately, been on, on and off a lot. So, because Ricky got the best player in this deal, and that's a lot of talent there. But even a month ago, like, the pieces did like... For the other guy, they look better today than they did a month ago. Which that doesn't like. I want to say that that doesn't make this a bad trade on Ricky's. It might just be one that didn't work out as much. But like five for ones to get a superstar. Are you pro making those type of deals in general? Like if you can pull one of those off, even though like it may like this guy to the to the other guy's credit. I think he got a lot back to at least make it hurt to get that, that superstar. So what are your thoughts on that? Just,
1: yeah. Know. Um, it's, it seems like at least in my experience that a lot of people want to be on like in a three for one, four for one, five for one, they want to be the one getting the one instead of the three, four or five. Uh Ricky Ricky actually asked me about this the day he did it, and I thought it was I don't remember my exact response obviously there's it's been a while there's or there's been a little bit and there's been a few things changed with a few of these guys, but I remember thinking it was a little too much I, the way it was phrased I actually thought he was getting the group and mm. giving up Wander. Uh, Wander's great, you know, he's the best player in the trade. So I can't uh I can't really shit on it too much. Um, I think Jazz and Churio. I was thinking about this, like looking at this trade. Like if somebody if I had Wander and somebody offered me Jazz and Churio, what would I do? And I I think I'd be thinking, I'm not really positive what I would do. Um, but Jazz obviously has had injury issues and stuff. I my opinion with the stuff that Jazz has dealt with, it's like is not it's not gonna go on forever. There's probably gonna be one of these years where Jazz pops and has a ridiculous fantasy season because he's just super toolsy and will randomly stay healthy one year. I think that season this trade'll hurt. But it's not a it's it's not a bad thing getting Wander Franco, you know. So yeah, I think it's I think it's all right. Man, Kim has just been crazy good. Yeah, you acquired him <laughs> you know? in
0: a deal and you've been on yeah, the good end of he, that.
1: And he was essentially a throw in in mine. Um but I'm not really letting that skew this too much even though mm-hmm. I do think Kim's value has gone up a good amount, but um I'm not letting that really skew it because of when he did it and stuff like that. So
0: Ricky yeah, I have, think Ricky might have. I been think a little, with some ro- m- roster log jams for all we know. Yeah,
1: too. yeah, that's possible. There's, there's always things like that that aren't, you know, when you look at the trade at face value, it's hard to, um, it's hard to know exactly what's going on there. But, yeah, I don't think you're ever going to really regret getting Wander Franco. So, could potentially be good for both.
0: That reminds me of a trade you made in it, Arm it One. May,
1: it may just real quick it may actually end up hinging on churio yeah like what churio actually turns into so we'll see on that
0: like there was a i remember you making a trade in arm one years ago and i don't remember the full trade but you it was the one where you acquired nolan arenado and one of those pieces in that deal was ronald acuna and it's like that that really hurts because it was a secondary piece in that deal because acuna wasn't the pros even the prospect And sometimes it can be a deal that works for both sides because you've had Nolan Arenado for years and he's been awesome for you. That was when he was in Colorado too, and yeah, the other guy got Acuna. Just worked out for both. Yeah. All right, Uh, Tim McLeod, our good friend, host of the or one of the two members of Prospect Three Sixty One podcast, he ended up posting about his DL Five League that he co-owns with Robert King High. He finished in second place in that 15 team last year, um, which if it's like the other deal leagues has 30 major league and 20 minor league slots and injuries derailed this year. So they had a ton of prospects and they bought a lot of pitching this summer in hopes of competing in 2024. And they made these deals in mid July. They gave up in one deal. They gave up Evan Carter and Ricky Tiedemann. So another Tiedemann deal for George Kirby. They sent Ben Brown and Tristan McKenzie out to go get Kodai Singa. And then they traded Riley Green, Chase Hampton um, for Col- Garrett Cole and a third round pick. So obviously they've acquired a bunch of pitching here. And this sounds like it's more like a retooling as compared to a rebuilding because it sounds like they were hoping to compete again. Man, I I love the fact, like the cold trade specifically, I absolutely love. I like of the three, when I look at them, I think two of them I really like. One of them I'm like, I don't know if I'd have done that. Which, you know, when you make, like, when you think about deals as a whole, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose them. And we don't even know that yet today. But just retooling, grabbing some pitching. I mean, we've talked about grabbing them cheap if you can find a good deal. And I think they did that twice here with Singa and Garrett Cole. I don't know. I don't know on the Kirby and just what are your thoughts on just all of this in general?
1: Yeah, I like the Cole one a lot and I like the Kirby one. The other one I'm actually kind of less sure on just because with Singa and McKenzie, I, I just feel like in a year flip a coin, like, I know McKenzie's been hurt this year, but yeah, I'm not as sure on that one. But yeah, I like the Kirby and the Cole one, for sure.
0: So you like the Kirby one more than me, which I guess that make, if I recall right, you've never been as high on Evan Carter as some others, right? Like, I think, like, would you consider yourself yeah. lower on him than the field? Yeah. Not saying yes. you hate him as a prospect. Yeah. And. Tiedemann. Tiedemann, we haven't talked about, and he's had injuries this year and it may not work out, but I don't know if there's a prospect in the minor leagues that I think has the up, like has as high of an upside as him. I mean, maybe I'm not thinking of somebody right off, and I think that might be why I like it so much. Is he's one of those guys I still look at and think, man, if there was one guy I'd pick to like be an ace in the major leagues, he'd probably still be it. So maybe that's why yeah. I'm cooler, is I like Carter a little more than you. I think I just might like both prospects, but. Hmm.
1: Man, Kirby's a stud, man. He is. So good.
0: I wonder where, like, I'm busy working on Dynasty ranks, and I definitely had him ranked pretty well. He's just
1: so good for whip, and, like. Yes. He doesn't walk anybody. Like, some of the stuff that Kirby's contributing to fantasy teams right now, it's not, it's scarce, I guess, is the best way I can put it. Like, there's just not guys out there that are running whips like that. So
0: I was just looking, I was trying to find him. Yeah, he's definitely, I mean, he's the only, I've made a hundred prospects so far on my dynasty ranks and he's the only one listed on him so far.
1: The one thing I'll say is, um, and I mean this more as a general statement than I do with these trades specifically, but I feel like if you're out of it, you know, like you said, injuries derailed 2023, for this team bought some pitching hoping to contend next year that's fine and it can be totally fine with these players but the way i look at it is if i want pitching for next season i personally would rather buy it in the off season than now unless obviously There's a great deal. Like the Garrett Cole deal, I would do that right now. Fine, you know. But I'm more just speaking in general than with these specific trades. And the reason I say that is because between now and the end end of the season, any pitcher in the league could have a major injury. And there's there's no benefit to doing it now as opposed to after the season if you're out of it like what's the you're giving them more time essentially to get hurt does that make any sense oh yeah
0: i'm actually trying to find one right now that i immediately thought of in terms of a guy who i think was healthy at this time of year a few years ago you you'll remember because i know you owned him
1: Um, i mean if you wait if you wait till december january february you've gotten more of those injuries out of the way potentially and can then zero in on who you want to target. Like I said, if a, de- if a great deal comes up, of course, take it. But I just think about that with pitching because it's like, if I if I need pitching for next year and I'm out of it, I don't need it today. I need it before next year. And there's time in here where, you know, a lot, lot – a lot of things can happen. I that I always thinking about that stuff.
0: Yeah, you could trade for Justin Verlander in 2020 uh, on the stretch run thinking, you know what, I'm getting a good deal for him for next year and then all of a sudden September 19th, he announces he needs Tommy John surgery in 2020. That was the one I was thinking yeah. of. Not as young of a pitcher, but still, I mean, I don't think that'll happen with Garrett Cole here, but you, I mean, it could happen to anybody. Like or George Kirby or Singa, you just never know. It could it could also be the guys you traded away, and you got a better deal. But yeah, I I totally get what you're saying there, and I agree with you in general. Unless you're getting yeah. that, unless you're finding a real good deal, right, right. Okay, let's move to the next one we got from Danny Wright. This is a 14-team standard five by five roto dynasty league. He trade I I. I'm loving the idea of this trade right here. He traded Jack Flaherty and Rice Iglesias away for Josh Hader. And uh, for his, what he was saying is Flaherty was expendable due to a roster crunch. And um, I just love moves like this. I mean, this is exactly what you do if you've got a player that basically you're struggling to roster, but might be of value to somebody else, is packaging it with something to get a slight upgrade. Like I absolutely love this deal. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, I think so. I get what you're saying. I guess my main question would be. How, like where Flaherty was, was he like his worst pitcher? Is I think it like no,
0: a, that's what it sounds like. He's saying because he's expendable due to a roster. Here's,
1: here's the thing is, Josh Hader's better than Rysel Iglesias, but he isn't that much better than Rysel Iglesias. Okay. And and in a six-week window, he may not be better than Rysel Iglesias. So that's kind of like, okay, if Flaherty was his worst player and he literally had no value to his team, he was probably going to cut him, then I get it but if he's anything more than that, I, I just think it's a lateral move. I don't really think it, it helps a ton because if you can use Flaherty, you know, like I think where I'm at, it's like the focus is on the upgrade from Iglesias to hater, but it's not that much of an upgrade in my opinion.
0: In a short term. Yes. But I honestly, I was not even thinking that as this year. I'm just more thinking about that in dynasty in general. And, I think and I think that's why I like the deal so much. And yes, I was when I was hearing it, I was thinking as Flaherty's his worst pitcher; he's on his roster bubble, and he's going to have to drop him soon because maybe somebody's coming off the injured list or something yeah. like that. And he's just making a deal like that to improve something. Yeah, you're losing the deal overall if like there, but he's probably not making that deal if he doesn't have a roster crunch.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. If- like I said, if Flaherty's your worst guy or your cut or whatever, I think it's fine.
0: But to your point, if he's like your third or fourth worst guy, and he's just the one you can get thrown in, maybe, and your third or fourth, there was a there was a gap between that and the the worst guy. Yeah, then I don't know. I wouldn't be doing it then. Yeah. Okay last trade we got here is from josh coleman he is in a 15 team dynasty roto with obp and saves plus holds instead of batting average and saves now i'm in a dynasty league with josh that has those categories and i had to go look in our league just to make sure this wasn't our league because he didn't specify and it's not um he didn't give me which side he's on but this is what the deal was one team sent brandon woodruff And the other team sent over Vinny Pascantino and Lars Newtbar. You know, like, my thought is this is an interesting one. Vinny's obviously out for the year, so the team sending Woodruff probably isn't competing this year. And I guess the guy sending Vinny is trying to compete either this year or next, and Newtbar does get a boost
1: in OBP. So how do you feel about this one? Yeah, assuming those things, I mean assuming that the guy getting Vinny and Newbar is just looking to next year and the guy getting Woodruff is you know, needs pitching in the hunt this season. Yeah, I think it's pretty fair. I actually think it's a pretty good trade. I I probably lean the Vinny side, but I'm a pretty big Vinny fan and I, when in doubt, would lean the bats. But I, I totally get it if you're contending and you need a starter. I totally get it.
0: And you might not have anybody in your farm that's going to land you a Brandon Woodruff. Yeah. So you've got to give up a major league piece. So in that case, you give up the major league piece that's injured that's not helping you now, because you're maybe trying to win a championship. I and yeah, I think that's a good – That this could be one of those that's a really smart trade by both sides because Brandon Woodruff might get somebody over the hump, get them that extra pitcher they need. And then Vinny, Vinny, obviously, if you're not competing, trading for injured players, I'll be talking about that here in a bit again, is a, like it's r- a really smart thing if you're not competing to look and see who is competing that has a player that's injured that maybe needs something because you might be able to get an upgrade. And I've got an example of that. Actually, I'll just circle in because after we finish this, I was gonna ask about any deals you made that, to discuss that. Um, like you've got one trade and I've got one. And I'll just kind of circle that kind. This lines up with my deal I made in RM2, where all year I've been focusing and trying to look at guys whenever they get hurt. I've been un- I was unsuccessful at trading for Vinny P this year because I was and I was trying. But I did make a deal where I dealt Andres Jimenez and basically um, received back Tyra Estrada with the Giants when he got hurt. And um, this is, I mean, I'm a firm believer in if you can find a team that's trying to compete who loses a player to injury and maybe you have somebody that's 80, 90% you think of that guy, that's an opportunity to try to make a trade because it doesn't matter for you what he what happens right now so that guy being hurt really doesn't hurt you at all and that's a good way to improve your roster so you know that those are the type of deals where you can gain long term while the other guy gains something short term because they can't take they they need the they need to fill that roster slot with somebody
1: yeah yeah there's i've heard i've heard people talk about or at least one or two people talk about like when somebody gets hurt, especially if it's a long-term injury, sometimes right when they get hurt, owners will not want to trade them because they just got hurt and they're Mm -hmm. active. They're actively thinking about it. And then five, six months later, say it's like a Tommy John where it's a long-term thing. They've looked at that guy on their roster every day with the cross next to him. And they're willing to sell him for, you know, forty percent of you know what they would have it, when it started. I don't know, just kind of game theory stuff there, I guess. But yeah, I've, I've thought about that.
0: Yeah. So you made a deal? Like I asked you if or to come up with one deal you've made, and which one did you want to bring up?
1: Yeah, I was just going to bring up the Jose Ramirez trade. I traded uh, in RM one. Was it yesterday or the day before? The last couple days I traded for Jose Ramirez. I'm currently in sixth place and not going to win the championship this year. Um, It's actually the one that I was talking about, the Justin Turner and the Kershaw. Uh, I noticed that one of the owners had – Jose Ramirez on his block he's in 12th place so wasn't out of it or was out of it trying to get younger which I totally get and I've I look at my team and I think that I'm gonna have a good shot next year I lost Edwin Diaz and Liam Hendricks before the season basically all my saves Um, so I have no saves and if I had saves I'd be in a completely different spot than I am now so got a lot of youth but I kind of just looked at Ramirez on his block and I was like man this isn't something that I would typically do obviously any team could have be happy to have Jose Ramirez but um when I'm not going for the championship in that season I'm not always looking at 30-year-old players you know but I just knew I'm like I don't really want these other teams near the top to add him obviously I think Jose Ramirez is going to be a stud next year, too. So it's a re- it's almost kind of irrelevant that I'm not going for the championship. I, I could probably still cash if my team goes on a heater here the last six, seven weeks. But I'm not counting on it. But I felt like it set me up. I gave up – I guess that might be your next question. So I gave up Eloy Jimenez, Walker Buehler, and Gabriel Gonzalez, the um, prospect for Seattle – and there was a second round pick swap in there too, but it was essentially the three for one. And um yeah, I just I just thought it made sense. Kinda wanted off Eloy. Bueller, I'm Bueller I feel like is the one that could burn me. I, I feel like he's very it's very hard to know what he's gonna be when he comes back. I think he could be anything from an ace to a reliever or not a good starter. No, it's not a good Yeah, the the range of outcomes with him is really wide. He scares me more, though, than Eloy because I just I feel like I have more of a grasp of what Eloy is right now. Um, But yeah, yeah, I I think it sets me up for next season. um, Could, like I said, could potentially push me into the money this season, but I didn't do it for that. I did it as defense against the teams that are already near the top and um obviously with hopes it'll help for next year
0: that is a last point i definitely wanted to discuss was this one because of the fact that even though it may not be your year or maybe you're even on the rise but you know that it's not your year to compete but a superstar gets put out there but you're maybe you're thinking next is your shot that's a good example for sometimes it's not the it's not a bad idea to pull the trigger to try to land a superstar especially a superstar bat just because you get you let the you let maybe the team that's leading the league or one of the top three teams get him and all of a sudden that's just a bigger hill to climb next year so right yeah I thought that was a that's a great last tip to put out there that I hope some of the people as they're listening to this are thinking, yeah, I maybe, maybe they're that team that's on the rise that hadn't really thought about that. And
1: one, one other one I wanted to bring up if we got time, well, you got time. Um, and I only think of this, just, this is like an against the grain type of move that I thought of, but this was actually a few years ago. So this wasn't even, um, this season, but, there was a point where I was in, I was, it was the first year, I believe it was the first year of RM3, which would have been 2019. Um, and I wasn't, I, I built for year two, I drafted for year two and year three. So I didn't, um, I didn't have, you know, contending team that year. And it got to the deadline and Edwin Diaz was having a horrible year. Horrible mm. season. That, was, that was that year where he was just really bad. I wasn't in contention. And the guy that was in first place had Edwin Diaz on his team. And I looked at his team and I saw he was on his bench because he couldn't use him. I mean, he was just that bad, you know. And I kind of just – it clicked. I'm like, I can get this guy for pretty cheap and I've got a closer next season. And I – Based on Edwin – I have long history with Edwin Diaz going back to when he was a prospect. Like he was my guy for years and still still is in many ways. But I just felt very confident he was going to bounce back. But that guy was trying to win a championship. So it like kind of all came together. I traded for Edwin Diaz at a very, very you know discounted price, and he was good after that. So I just think it's good to always be like – don't always just think – oh, I've got to trade for a young player or, oh, I've got to like try and think outside the box a little bit. And like you said, injured players can be good, but don't just do it because they're hurt, like have a reason. Um, and then struggling players, I think are good that especially struggling pitchers, if there's something you see that you think they'll be fine next year or that they can correct, bounce back, et cetera, like those things. I think it's okay to even trade for guys that are in their late 20s, early 30s if you can get them at a discount based on what team they're on and stuff like that. It all depends on each specific owner. One other thing, and I know you agree with me on this because you've said it even more than me. (laughs) Don't feel like Mm. you have to sell a player when you put the like there's people. And this is actually, we could go down a long rabbit hole with this, (laughs) but, but there's people that get it in their head that they like, I'm trading player X and it doesn't even matter. They trade them
0: within a day. And sometimes,
1: and so, yeah. And sometimes it's very quickly too, which is, you know, even another layer to it, but yeah, I wouldn't feel like you absolutely have to move somebody especially if it's a high-end player, you know, if it's a marginal piece that's a little bit different, but um and don't feel rushed stuff like that. I know you agree with me so and I thought of it when we were talking about all this, I just wanted to say it.
0: Make sure people know that somebody's available. You did that to me actually like 3 weeks ago right before you traded for Dylan Cease. We don't need to go into all the details of that, but you knew that the player you were putting, like thinking about moving for cease was somebody that I also liked. And you just hit me up and said, Hey, just so you know, I've got this guy. I might be getting ready to move and at least explored an option to give me a chance to see if I wanted to jump in just because you're making sure that you're getting the best deal you possibly can. And again, yeah, don't be in a hurry to sell, and make sure everybody knows and has a chance to acquire that guy. Don't get in a rush. And I know it can be a little harder at the deadline, which is why you shouldn't wait until about the day of the deadline or two days before the deadline. You can do it in two days, but, man, you better be sending a lot of messages out and make sure everybody knows.
1: Yep, totally agree.
0: All right, um, any final advice? Any last words? here before we before we finish talking about dynasty trading
1: yeah i mean just kind of know where you're at be realistic about it um you know whatever suits what you're trying to do i mean there's players that are good for right now that won't even be that good next year that you're probably just buying this short window of time you know and I tend to, for better or worse, I tend to always think long-term in Dynasty Leagues. Like It's just how I'm wired. Now, granted, I'm not afraid to buy somebody that's playing well now, but I do always think long-term, too. Like, what do I think about this guy beyond the right now? Because... So many of these guys. Let's be honest. Like so many of these guys are just up and down and up and down and, you know, they're they're having great seasons this year, but next year they may be a shell of what they've been this year. And there will be different players that are having those seasons. It's there's a very small group of guys that are every year you can just bank it. You know, so, um, but yeah, just kind of be aware of all that and, like I said, I don't think you have to if you're in a rebuild, I don't think you have to just every single move be for super young, but you know, just what opportunities present themselves and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Try to get good deals. If you're buying, you know, explore, just see what you can like think for now, but also think for later in terms of, you know, if you're buying, if you are buying a rental piece, try not to, uh, you know, you don't want to empty out to get a rental piece that may not be worth anything to you in a couple months, if you if the numbers and everything don't seem real. That's- ask
1: yourself. Ask yourself too. Like, how long do I want to rebuild for? Because mm-hmm. sometimes I think uh, I think people give up too soon, but I also think they push it back too far, mm-hmm. and it can be a long road. You know, if you. If you do that, so yeah, just, just things to think about.
0: Yeah. It can be a very long road. I've seen it now as I've been in arm two for six years, I've seen some teams that had to rebuild and put themselves like they sold everything, went bare bones. And I mean, it took them a long time to get themselves back up the standings. It, it's a road. Yeah. Um, okay. Andrew, a month ago, I thought we'd finish off with this. We were talking about how you were doing in your redraft leagues and we really never got into the dynasty. So I thought before we get out of here, I just love to hear like, how are you doing in your three dynasty leagues? Tell everybody how you're doing in terms of your competing
1: windows here. Um, in RM one, that was kind of the one I mentioned. I'm, I'm in sixth. I believe it is uh, probably about 12 points out of the money. Don't know if I'll get there, but have a shot. Um just no saves, you know? So it's been kind of, kind of weird, but I do feel like I've got a pretty good roster for next year. Like y- a lot of youth, some stable bats. So yeah,
0: you had a lot of injuries um, there with other play, like not just closures, right? Didn't you get him? Um, I, f- I had a few, not,
1: I had a few, not as bad as the league we're about to get to, <laughs> but, um but yeah, just, need pitch I'm gonna probably need to buy some pitching in arm one um in the offseason but and then arm two I'm currently in fourth it's been kind of swinging back and forth mostly been in like third to fifth um I still think it's in reach but man I tell you wins are just ugh. I know I've vented to you about it so many times but I can't I can't even tell you. And I, I could go through these leagues and figure it out. But between all of my leagues, redraft Dynasty, how many leagues that wins are killing me? It is just and I and I feel like it's almost this contagious type of thing where now I just <laughs> I notice it and notice it and notice it and I have you know, like just today, just one example. And this isn't even my RM two team, but my RM two team's struggling and wins. That's why I bring it up. Aaron Savali, have him on a bunch of teams. Oh, leaves no. the game. Oh no. Leaves, yeah. Leaves the leaves the game up 3-2. Reliever comes in, immediately blows it, and then the rays score. Yep. To take the lead. You know, and then and this stuff, it just over and over like <laughs> I I know it happens to everybody, but I, I look at so many leagues and it's like I've got a five in wins. I got a six in wins. I got relievers blowing the wind. Like so many things. So it's just really aggravating. But um I think I got a shot in R M two. It's gonna be tough. There's a few teams at the top, so That's a wild one. We right? shall see. Yeah. It's pretty tight. It's tighter than the standings indicate right now, I feel like.
0: There are six teams within twenty points of first place. And honestly, it's been tighter than that as the years oh, go yeah. on. Like that right there is a big gap compared to what it's been. There have been times where it was seven teams within 15, 10, 15 points. Yeah. Maybe even eight. So it's a it's quite the race up there. It's gonna be fun.
1: Yeah. And then RM three Um, find someone who loves you as much as injuries (laughs) love my RM3 team. Do you have that (laughs) team open right now? I said that in the chat the one day because, oh, man.
0: Do you have that league open?
1: I'd love to just Uh, read off your injured list right off. So right now, it's actually loading up right now, but um, right now it's actually, well, I'll just read off. So Rowdy Tellez – 20 team 20
0: teamer. Tw- yeah, yeah,
1: keep it yeah, sorry, should have said 20 team OBP. So for anybody who hasn't played 20 team, you can't like there's no one to pick up. You don't like you have to have depth because cuz and that's the thing. Everybody wants stars, you know, but my God, believe me, you need depth in a 20-teamer. Yes, in a
0: 15-team so, league, Rowdy Telez and G1 Bay, the first two guys you listed, aren't really, it's like, that sucks, but yeah. you're not really thinking anything of it. But in a 20-teamer,
1: that matters. Right, so Rowdy Telez, I won't read off the completely irrelevant guys because I actually have a couple on my IL. But Rowdy Telez, G1 Bay, Bo Bichette, Zach Neto, Mitch Haniger, Mike Trout, and Jesse Winker, and <laughs> uh, Seager, who's missed a lot of time, mm-hmm. Jord- Jordan, who's missed a lot of time, mm-hmm. um, and I thought there was somebody else, but... That's yeah, just just been, it's just been madding, and that's just the hitters. What's <laughs> funny is, is actually before that, Jeffrey Springs, Drew Rasmussen, both Tommy John, then it was Chris sale who obviously we know that he, he actually just came back tonight. Um, and a fourth one that is, Oh, and Nestor Cortez
0: just went so, back on the aisle tonight.
1: Yeah. Which you can argue and you know, Springs Rasmussen sale Cortez, they're all good pitchers, you know, to whatever degree we can, you can debate, but they're all really good pitchers, especially in that deep of a league. So yeah, it's just been maddening and like I. I, I've had all these things. I'm in fourth place. I'm about 12 points off the lead. And it's just a miracle that I'm at where I'm at. Like, it, I kind of just sit there and go, well, I guess if this is as bad as it gets, it's it's not too bad. You know, the other team, it's been really crushed them. It's been really, uh, really frustrating. And I've tried to fill in. gaps as much as I can with like, I've made a few little trades. Um, I made, I made a couple big trades too, but, um, just trying to fill in, you know, for guys and you want healthy guys and, but you don't, you know, you don't want to overpay. There's just all kinds of different things, but, um, but there does come a point where I kind of just go, man, maybe this just isn't my year. I mean, Mm -hmm. like all this stuff just piles up and I don't want to get I'm not the type that's going to panic because like, I know my, t- I have a good team. Like I've got youth and depth and, but yeah, it's just been, it's been rough and filling these holes in the 20 team man, it's a, uh, it's a challenge for sure. It's fun. there And good players at the top. Like I'm, I'm competing with some really good owners too. So um, yeah, it's uh it should be fun finish. I don't think I'm probably going to get to the top, but I think I have a shot. I- I don't know. It's gonna take some things though, for sure. Need some breaks. It just, we'll
0: see. Definitely for your RM leagues, you've done so well over the last few years. You're always up in the running, even in all of them. I mean, the worst you're doing sixth this year in RM one, and that's with a another team that just went south. So just shows like again how good you are at thinking long term, and that's why even though sometimes it's just not your year, but you kind of you're good at always continuing to build your farm and keep having depth and even when things go wrong you're still you know you're not sitting there at the bottom having to gut things how about you um i am on opposite ends in both of my dynasty leagues and when i say opposite i mean the exact opposite (laughs) i am on first
1: first and last yeah
0: we'll start with the negative which i've already mentioned the orphan draft that i took over when i joined rejoined rm2 i gutted it I have definitely played the tanking game. Um,
1: what do you What do you got though? Five first rounders.
0: I have yes. I am I am excited about the future of this team. Be the uh, Justin Hughes Invitational in that
1: <laughs> sub draft.
0: I have five first rounders, and then the you know right now I've got the first overall pick. So my second round pick is the sixteenth overall pick. So I look at it as I have right now. I would have six of the first sixteen picks in the draft. Yeah. And that's That's with that's with a lot of young talent that I've acquired this year to where I'm excited about this team. It's going to take like I don't expect to be competing next year. I mean, we'll see year after and everything else. But I'm very excited about what I've done with this roster since I took it over. I feel like I've 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 been turning it.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I think you've made I think you've made good moves. Most most of I don't remember every single one but most of the moves you've made i've thought you did good so
0: yeah. there's some of them that i thought i liked at the beginning that i'm like okay those don't look so pretty now but i mean in the grand scheme of things you're gonna win and lose some deals so oh uh, for sure. i think yeah. an, i think value wise i got value back in all the ones as i sold i don't think i ever gave something away for too cheap so yeah and then on the other end was my baseball 365 dynasty league. I took a you when you did your RM3 startups, whenever I was doing that startup, and I we both had very similar like drafted young, didn't win the first year, second year. I think you won in 2020. Didn't you win an RM3 in 2020 in the second year, or was it the third year you won? Do you remember?
1: Uh, I won in, in RM3? Yes. I won the third year. It oh, was, wait. Uh, t- 2021.
0: Yeah, and that that was the case for me too, actually. I I didn't win in 2020. I was up there. I think I finished second. And 2021 was when I won my first one. And then whenever I was away from fantasy baseball, Cando was nice enough to take the team and run it for me. And he was able to win last year. And again, third year in a row, I'm sitting, I've got about a 15-point lead right now. And doing real well. It's just, I mean... That team, when the startup happened, every, like everything I did, war- like turned to gold in that startup. And then I had some trades that I didn't expect to turn out as well as they did. Like I, I made good trades, but they just like I think there were a couple of those that just absolutely looked look horrible now in my favor. That really I didn't even think were that great. Of, like I thought were good deals, but weren't anything great to where. Yeah, I just I've built a monster in that league.
1: So it's like I should get a third in a row. It feels good for sure. It is one thing one thing I'll say too that I think some people think or at least when I am in trade talks or I just see people conversing about different things. I think some people think that if they lose a trade, they're gonna die. And like <laughs> I not, not, literally like some people are so afraid to make a move because they might lose a deal that they either don't end up making that move or don't end up making any moves. I mean, it's OK, guys, like it's OK. You've lost deals. I've lost deals. We're all going to lose deals. It's way more fun. And I feel like you have a greater edge If you're making more of them Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying be, you don't don't necessarily have to just be a maniac and make trades to make trades, but it's okay to accept that they're not all going to go perfectly, you know, and as long as you can have enough of them go well, you're going to be all right. I mean, I just, I just see it so much like people, there's, there's owners out there that are just. Um, I, I just, I almost feel like they're scared or intimidated by whether it be another owner or it just be like, they're not comfortable with trading. I've had people say, I'm not a good trader. I don't like to trade or I'm not good at, you know, whatever. And it's like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna die if you lose this trade. I don't know what else, you know, it's just, it's just funny to to me.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, as you're saying that, I'm remembering the trade we were discussing I, about a week ago whenever I lost Tatis, and I traded for Marcus Simeon. And at the time, I really thought I gave up more than I – like, I told the guy. I'm like, I wouldn't make this deal if it wasn't for the fact that Tatis just went down and I feel like I need to fill it. And, um you know, the prospect I gave up, his value shot down. Marcus Simeon went on to hit. I thought he hit 40 home runs that year, but immaculate grid just made a liar out of me because I put Marcus Simeon down for a Rangers 40 home run oh, guy no. and what failed did... the other day. I'm like, I thought he hit 40 that year. Oh
1: no, that was with that was with Toronto though. He
0: hit 40 with
1: Toronto. <gasps> oh,
0: yeah. that's right. He wasn't a Ranger when I acquired him. Yeah, that's I was going to say got that's me.
1: what. You don't look him up. You don't look him up when you miss him.
0: I I do usually, but I did. not I in do
1: sometimes. One. Yeah, not always. But I yeah, did. his his crazy forty plus. I don't remember like forty three maybe or somewhere around there. Yeah, that was with Toronto. I'm ah. almost. I'm almost certain. Yeah,
0: I didn't look that one up. I just thought, well, he must have hit thirty eight, and I was I was out and about, and I just never did circle back. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. By the way, if any of you are not playing immaculate grid. Get on. Just Google search "Immaculate Grid." Thank me later. That that game's so much fun.
1: Do you play the uh, the basketball and the football one or no?
0: No, because I'd be terrible at them. I Oh, one day... oh I'm, ter- I'm
1: terrible. I'm <laughs> terrible.
0: <laughs> one day I tried opening up the football one. I'm like, oh, I have no chance at this. Like, I I did about two or three boxes, and I'm like, I just I, uh, uh-uh, I can't do
1: yeah. this. Yeah, I'm pretty decent at the baseball one if I actually think about it. Mm-hmm. But the trick is not getting too rushed. And yes. yes. The basketball, basketball and football – well, basketball, there just feels like a lot of time where I didn't pay attention. and It's like either my childhood or right now, and there's a big gap in, in between there. And then with football, there's just so many players. and Yeah, it's, it's tough.
0: There's but. too many. Like there's just too many I can't. I, I can't. I just can't. Yeah. So anyway, all right. That was a lot of fun. Thank you all again. Thank you guys, all the members of Baseball 365 that put your trades in. We appreciate you doing it. Good luck to everybody as you're finishing up this trade deadline, as we're getting ready to go into the final stretch. And we're going to be back next week. I've already like, I'm a hundred deep right now on my dynasty rankings. I can tell you next week. I'll be submitting wh- however many I do. I'm thinking I'm hope I'm hoping I can get to 150 to 200. I'm gonna send it to Andrew early next week, and he's gonna grill me on how terrible my rankings are and why on earth would I rank this guy so low or high. And that's what we have coming up. <laughs> so that will be fun. It will be. Until then, take care, everybody.
1: Yeah, take care, guys.